<laughs> Hi everyone. No, there's no need to adjust your player because I'm hijacking the opening sequence. You see, I've had a burning excitement over how collaborations, or collab as I like to say, are essential in our everyday lives. Whether in a work atmosphere, school settings, and such, we all deal with having a collab with our peers, colleagues, and others. In this final episode of the year, I'm very excited and hyped to share this notion in various venues. So, without further ado, Ikuzo. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to... Oh, hey, welcome back. Yeah, you're listening to Not Another Animated Podcast with your host, Chivalrous. And yes, this is episode four, the last episode of 2021. Can you believe it? We made it through another year. Looking forward to 2022 and everything it has to bring, all glory all new adventures, all learning and experiences, whatnot, and a suitcase. But that's enough. Hey, what's keeping me frosty? Well, the holidays for one, spending time with family and friends, remembering those that we've lost, and introducing and enjoying those that are brought into the new world. Again, my name is Chivalrous, and I thank you for joining me again for Episode 4. Now, before we dwell into the news, anime, and everything else we're going to talk about on this podcast, I have super duper great news, that being of a sponsor. So we're going to take a short break and listen to Not Another Anime's first sponsorship, Lone Star Collectibles. Now, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this podcast. We would like to thank Lone Star Collectibles, an eBay online store that has been in business since December of 1999. They feature a variety of collectibles, ranging from various action figures, vintage finds from estate sales, and they boast hundreds of United States collectible and valuable coins. Coins, featuring very old scents to vintage buffalo nickels, collection sets and albums of various denominations, and many different types of silver coins from dimes to dollars. They definitely do not exclude limited quantity, vintage paper currency, and small notes as well. Now, as this podcast first sponsors, Lone Star Collectibles is offering our podcast listeners 10% off any one item, $75 and below, listed on their store site. Yes, you heard me correct. 10% off any one item, $75 and below. But in order to take advantage of this offer, you will have to use a promo discount code, not another anime. Again, the code to use and get your exclusive discount 10% off any one item, $75 and below, is not another anime. Basically, the name of our podcast, N-O-T-A-N-O-T-H-E-R-A-N-I-M-E, not another anime, spelled one word all together. Now, this offer is limited to a one-time use on your eBay account starting December 30th and will set to expire on January 31st at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, PST. Unfortunately, the code is limited to United States residents only. So, go give them a look on eBay.com 
Search for the seller profile, Lone Star, with the asterisk, collectibles. Again, that seller profile is Lone Star, L-O-N-E-S-T-A-R, asterisk, the symbol, collectibles. C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-B-L-E-S. Or find them at Lone Star asterisk Southwest, which is their store homepage. A link will be provided on your Twitter account, not another anime, for easy access to their store homepage. So, let's jump right into the news, shall we? Grand Blue Fantasy just recently held its festival for 2021 and a multi-day event in December. This multi-day event featured performances, featured talks and information about the mobile web app game, New Editions. It also announced collaborations. Yes, those damn collabs. Sidegame announced a collaboration between Grand Blue Fantasy and Uma Musumi, Pretty Derby. Now, the original cast from the Uma Musumi game and anime will reprise their roles in Grand Blue Fantasy. If you're not familiar, Grand Blue Fantasy actually has a mobile web app game that is very interesting, is very grindy. So if you like collecting and building and leveling up your characters, different classes, different weapons, weapons of different elements, then this is a game for you. But back to this collaboration. The event is set to launch in February of 2022. You will have the chance to obtain two, let me repeat, two Uma Musumi units for free, whether it's through the story or with the event currency. But not only that, during the collaboration event of Grand Blue Fantasy Festival 2021, there's also talk about Relink. If you don't know, I mentioned something about Relink earlier in another episode. They gave their first significant update about the game's progress, which has been nearly a year. And if you go to our Twitter.com, not another anime, you can see a couple of videos that I posted up there from the festival showcasing the ladies of Grand Blue Fantasy. Eel, Catalina, Rosetta, as well as another. Fighting a boss, as well as their characters' design. Now, for me, it looked really awesome to see the girls and ladies, excuse me, showcasing their abilities, fighting skills, and the action hack and slash, and their special abilities as well as combos that they do together. Now, I'm excited, but about Relink, both Gran and Jita, along with their crew, will be showcased in Relink. Originally, they had showed off gameplay over a year ago featuring the Dragon Knights, Lancelot, Percival, Bane, and Siegfried. Now, this game is set to take place in Zega Grande, Skydom, a region in Grand Blue Fantasy Skyworld setting. Now, Grand Ajita and the crew are investigating mysterious incidents within the Skydom. They'll meet, among others, a new character named Roland. Now, Roland is described as a vicar for the local church. He provides support for the crew. Grand Angita will also don new costumes some point in the game. Not sure how officially that's going to be released or given, but we'll find out as it unfolds. The game does have two modes. It has a main story, which is a single-player narrative adventure, and it also has quest mode. Now, with quest mode, this is a four-player co-op. Let me repeat. Four players, cooperative multiplayer mode. 
but it can support solo play. Now, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink is set for worldwide release 2022 on the PS4, PS5, and PC. Now, that is really going to be something awesome, and I am very much looking forward to that. Live actions. Fam, what's our personal feeling about live actions? We all know how things have been taken and tried to make into live action movies, series. The current one being Cowboy Bebop. I know there's a bunch of mixed reviews. For those that were fans of the anime, the series was a bomber. For those who have never seen the anime series, they liked it for what it was. Live action has always had its ups and downs, always had its personal opinions and whatnot, but it seems that we're getting another live action, this in the form of a movie. We've already seen Sonic the Hedgehog, which is scheduled for Sonic the Hedgehog 2. That didn't turn out too bad, but hold on. Don't yell at me yet. It did take fan support in order to get that change from what it originally was. After that, the fan support was there. There's also a Halo live-action TV series, which I'll talk about in just a little bit. But first live-action I wanted to mention is Netflix is making the live-action movie for Mega Man. Now, I'm very familiar with Mega Man as I grew up playing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6... Even when it came to the PlayStation 1 and it was supposed to be a 3D open world, Mega Man is super cool. But making it a live action, I just don't know how that is going to work. I'm really scared for the series because this is Capcom's beloved game that has a fan base that is pretty solid. So here's the hoping that you don't screw it up. But this isn't the only live action that I want to announce. Now, I did mention a Halo. Halo is set to release a TV show. There is a short teaser that has been released. And in my opinion, it looks pretty solid. If there is an actual story that goes along with what we see as the visual images, and go to YouTube, look or search Halo TV series, watch this teaser, tell me what you think. Because... I think it has potential. They're bringing the original Cortana voice actor along with Master Chief together in this story that supposedly will take place in the Halo universe. Now, it's not quite sure whether they're trying to adapt the games directly or they're going to tell their own story within their world of the franchise. But basically... It will be humanity facing off against the alien forces of the Covenant. Which, if you played the game, you're familiar with already. And with Halo Infinite receiving high praise right now, I wish I had my Xbox again because I would really delve into that. It sounds pretty neat. Speaking of more collabs, we're all familiar pretty much with the CW. CW putting out such shows as The Flash, Vampire Diaries, Supergirl, Gotham. Well, this series being developed by the CW is called Gotham Knights. No, I'm not referring to the Warner Brothers game that's coming out. Even though it may fall in the same category of Batman and the family, it takes a different twist because Gotham Knights by the CW will be a series that will follow Bruce Wayne's son, as we know as Damien, teaming up with the children of various Batman villains. Let me repeat. Bruce Wayne's son, Damien, 
teaming up with the children of various Batman villains following Batman's murder. This is a really fascinating concept. I'm not sure exactly who they're talking about in regards to the Batman villains and what children they're referring to, but I am all on board to see how this series unfolds. Now, they give a synopsis reading as follows. In the wake of Bruce Wayne's murder, his rebellious adopted son, Damien of course, forges an unlikely alliance with the children of Batman's enemies when they are all framed for killing the caped crusader. As the city's most wanted criminals, this renegade band of misfits must fight to clear their names. But in a Gotham with no Dark Knight to protect it, the city descends into the most dangerous it's ever been. However, hope comes from the most unexpected places, as this team of mismatched fugitives will become its next generation of saviors. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to this series. I'm not quite sure it has a release date. I think more right now is just development, so we'll keep you posted as I find out more information regarding it. Switching gears here. I know you all have heard me talk about a mobile game I like to play. I barely touch it now, but I do want to go back to it for a lot of reasons. Punishing Grey Raven. Punishing Grey Raven, available on iOS and Android, has a collab going on, actually with GT Racing. What they two have provided and are selling right now as pre-orders are keyboard pads and a mouse. The keyboard pads feature Lucia and Alpha, who are two of the characters, among many others, in Punishing Grey Raven. This gaming mouse pad, custom crafted, is 11 by 8 by 31.5. It does have a millimeter surface of 300 by 800 and lets you place your keyboard in far more positions without interfering with your mouse movement. Pretty cool if you ask me. And you did ask me because I ordered both a Lucia and an Alpha getting ahead of the game. Right now, they are taking pre-orders, which are set with a 20% off. Basically how it works is this. During the pre-order sale period, you only need to pay 30% of the total product price as a deposit. After which, a link for the rest of the balance, 70%, will be sent to you by email one week before the actual shipment to be paid. Now, if you do wait for after February 2nd, once the items are released, you will have to pay the full price. But again, I got my two custom mouse pads, so I'm ready. Now, I did mention there was a special gaming mouse for Grey Raven, and it's a pretty cool looking. It's got a red exterior with black on the side. It also has punishing on there. Give it a search. Go to GT Racing. Just look on their page. You'll see the special collaboration with Punishing Grey Raven, and you can check it out for yourself and tell me what you think. I think it's pretty sweet, but I already have a custom mouse from Logitech that already does the DPI and everything else I need. But Punishing Grey Raven doesn't end there because with all hype, I'm excited in 2022 for Near Automata collaboration between Punishing Grey Raven and Near Automata. Now I know Japanese and the Chinese have had this already in 2021 this year, but for us global, we are getting this collaboration and I am freaking excited. I know on Twitter I posted a picture, I believe it is someone's account overseas, showing 9S, 2B, and A2. You can believe that I will be saving all my basic and event construct R&D tickets so that I will be able to pull for 2B as well as A2. No offense to 9S, he's a cool kid, 
but my girls come first, and I'm definitely looking forward to pulling them. As it is in this game, we have a half anniversary going on. Now, they did release five codes, which I went ahead and uploaded on Twitter for your free freebies if you're interested. If you haven't touched the game and maybe you're thinking of joining, let me share my invite code. No, I'm not asking you to use it. You can sign up on yourself. But if you do wish, I think it does allow you some freebies as well. Use my invite code. You're more than welcome to join me. I'd be more than happy to have you and play alongside you. So, my invite code is 1H09I92483350. B02. Feel free to use an invite code and hit me up in game. I'd be happy to join you. I'm not that far along. I'm only on chapter 6. Yes, that's pretty progressing, but still, it's up to chapter 12 already. People are maxed out. I'm still levering my memories. I still have a lot of constructs to pick up. I have different versions of Lucia. My main one right now is basically Bianca. I got the version Varietus. She has a pretty nifty outfit. I'm at a battle power of 4,353, which is not very high, I know, for seasoned players. But for me, that's pretty high. I'm using her bow, which is called the Tonitrus. That's pretty cool. I'm only a level 67 account, so that means my Bianca is level 67 right now. Unfortunately, most people have SS and above. Unfortunately, my highest is only an S. But she is an ace. So, under that, I have Lucia, the version Lotus. I know right now they are offering the newest version of Lucia available, the Lucia Plume. They do have a sweet outfit for her, a fairy, and it looks really cool. But there's no point of getting it if I don't own a plume yet. So here's the hoping, but I don't want to spend because I do not know when near collab is going to happen. What usually happens with me, I see a collaboration, I jump on it, and then something cool comes out. And I've burnt through all my tickets. And I really hate to spend. I'm not against whaling. But I prefer to limit how much I will on a game. Unlike what I did with Marble Future Revolution. But I'll talk about that later on. Remakes. Are they just as bad as live action movies, series, TV shows? Hmm. I speak of that because I'm talking about The Last Train New York. Does it ring a bell for anyone? What if I say Train to Busan? Yes, Warner Brothers is making the American version of Train to Busan called The Last Train to New York. Now, this has drawn a lot of criticism and backlash from people around the internet. Why? Because Train to Busan, standing as Korean zombie movie by itself, was awesome if you listen to our episode two i actually took the time to delve a bit into train to busan how much i loved it why i thought it was a good halloween movie well sorry a good zombie movie or zombie movie in general i don't know where zombie came from well who knows but the last train to new york is set to be released in theaters on april 21st of 2023 so Casting and a production start window for the movie, not yet been decided by New Line Cinema. We will see what happens there. But it was interesting to hear that the filmmaker of Train to Busan, who, with an animated prequel, a second movie, and has plans for a third movie, spoke in an interview with this to say, 
we use the expression award remake, but I do not think, and this is the filmmaker, that a remake is something that you just apply more sophisticated technology to base an original piece of work. I believe a remake should be a completely new creation. And as the creator of the original work, I do not think that there need to be similarities between a remake and the original Train to Busan. I actually hope that it will have its very own unique qualities and a new vision. In fact, as a creator, if it was almost exactly interpreted compared to the original work, wouldn't it be better just to watch the original Train to Busan? Question mark? Now, this was the filmmaker for Train to Busan speaking with Time Magazine. Very cool that he came out and actually addressed this. This is very important, I think, with how popular the series was. But speaking of remakes, I want to give relation to another remake, Resident Evil, called Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, the movie, which was adapted with the stories of the first and second games in mind. If you're not familiar with Resident Evil, it's another Capcom game, just like Mega Man. That took place in 1998. Well, it followed a group of survivors trying to survive during a zombie outbreak in the small town of, can you guess it, Raccoon City. <laughs> I won't give much spoilers, but in the actual movie, you have Claire Redfield, Chris Redfield, Alex Wesker, a new version of a Leon S. Kennedy, and Jill Valentine. Now, there are other characters as well, and new introductions to new people as well. My interpretation compared to the Resident Evil that came out with, and sorry if I butcher her name, Mila Jovanovic, much better. I'm sorry, but those movies were horrible. I thought they had potential at first, but unfortunately, they just gave for fan service and wanted to collect a buck in my own opinion. This one, even though it wasn't true authentically to every storyline of the games followed the series as accurate as possible. Yes, they added some new elements, and again, no spoilers, but it was cool to see the game come to life, as well as, and this is not a spoiler, the mansion. Now, you have the stars, the Alpha team with Chris Redfield. Um, they explain why the Bravo team went missing at the Spencer Mansion. Seeing the mansion as they enter... The nostalgia was amazing. Brought me back to the game, why I played it, the horror elements, the not knowing scare factor, the jump scares. This movie had it. I do hope once this movie is released to Blu-ray and DVD, it also picks up more momentum because I would love to see where to continue with it. Why? Because they don't have a big cast of names attached to it. Yes, I know. You do have a name in there that most people might be familiar with in the superhero genre, Robbie Amell, whose brother, Stephen Amell, did The Green Arrow, or, excuse me, The Arrow. Robbie Amell is pretty famous in his own right. He also went on with his brother to conduct a movie. I can't think of the name of it. It was on Netflix where Robbie Amell had special abilities, this blue power that they were using to heist and steal things and whatnot. But what I'm saying is you don't have a name that's overpowering the series or is attached to the series to draw the fans in. You have the series and the story to draw the fans in. And this is what I loved about Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. If you're into the jump scares, the horror genre, or if you're into Resident Evil and 
you were thinking about watching this but not sure, then wait. Wait till it comes out to on demand. Wait till it comes out to DVD or Blu-ray. But for me, I want to support the series. So I went to the movies to watch it. And even though I wasn't expecting to be blown away, I really loved what they did with it. Onward we march. And now to focus on a game featuring anime, that of Overlord. Now, this is an anime series that I really liked and loved. And actually found out that there is a fourth season finally going to premiere next year. Next year, yes. And I'm excited to reach for it because we were left basically with not knowing where the story was going. An overpowered overlord who had everything he wanted. But basically, I'm waiting to see. And I'm jumping forward. I'm skipping away from the game. Yes, I know. But I'm really excited about Overlord only because, and I'll share my personal thoughts, I am hoping that in all this buildup and character development of Ein School, how no one can defeat him, he's basically invincible, has control of everything. But if you watch the series, you may remember, and this isn't a spoiler, he had guildmates who were just as powerful as he was. Yes, he was probably the only one left in the machine that we know of. I am hoping that one of his guildmates also stayed in the world and has slowly built themselves and if possible, maybe become the hero, which would be a good protagonist for Ein's school to take on and have the same abilities that are just as high as Ein's school. If any of his guildmates are in there, it would be appropriate not to join his side because then it would just be overpowered altogether, but to, to conflict with him. And I think that would be a popular way to take the series, but... That's my opinion, or that's my wish for the series. Anyways, back to the game. Escape the Great Tomb of Nazareth, or as they say, Overlord, Escape from Nazareth. In this game, you're actually playing Clementine. And I won't give any spoilers. Clementine was part of the series, and if you know who I'm talking about, then you know what happened. In this game, you're playing as Clementine. You're recovering from amnesia, but as you fight along the way in this 2D action side-scroller, which they identify as Metroidvania style. To me, it reminds me of the original Castlevania game with Simon Belmont. Yes, Simon was my Castlevania Belmont that I take to heart. I know a lot of people have grown up with Trevor, and I forget what the one after him was, but Simon is my boy. So, in this style, you have a 2D action side-scroller. You're basically fighting to regain your abilities as well as picking up weapons around along the way. Now, it's really cool to see that the story is being overseen by the creator itself, Maruyama. So, references to the anime will be introduced into the game to keep you immersed with the story. I'm hoping that the story is one that is original and will add to the universe of Overlord. Taking a break from series, TV, movies, anime, discussion. Let's talk about toys. A real brief one toy. A Lego set. If you've been keeping your eyes peeled in the news, you might have heard that Horizon Zero Dawn is slated for a sequel called Forbidden West. But even before that, Lego is actually taking a chance and doing its own set with Horizon Zero Dawn. This set will feature the tall net. From the original game. If you remember the tall neck, it was basically the giraffe-like robot that walked around very docile, didn't attack Aloy at all, 
but she would climb it to get a peripheral of everything going around. You're basically introduced to it in Horizon Zero Dawn at the very beginning when you go to the first destroyed city. And as you're searching around, she gets a glimpse of this tall neck watching. And even as a gamer, you're just caught at how beautiful it looks in the machine, looking like a prehistoric dinosaur, but in the shape of a giraffe. And this is pretty cool. Well, by mistake or not, the German toy store Wagner or Wagner's website had placed the set under the Lego gaming banner online. Immediately, they did remove it, but this was never to be publicly announced yet as Lego had not even announced it to everyone. So now many fans are hoping that this set is for real. As well, they're hoping for a minifigure of Aloy 2. Now the set was listed at a European price of 79.99 euros, which is around 90 to 100 bucks here in the States and had a release date of May 1st, 2022. But Lego is yet to confirm any of these details or even the set's existence. Here's to keeping my fingers crossed because Legos are really cool. I've seen where they come now. I have a buddy who collects them. He has the Lamborghini. He also has this really cool piano that you can put together. And with the remote through your mobile phone, you can actually play pieces. And the little piano will move, or the piano keys, excuse me, will actually play like it's really playing. But the music is coming out, and I think it's awesome. It has a nifty price of $300. I still want to get it. And if I do, I think I would love to do that on Twitch TV and actually showcase putting it together. I think like putting together, when I was growing up, I used to do a lot of jet planes and I found that very zen as a kid because I was very a hyper kid. So doing something Lego wise and letting people talk and watching and actually showcasing at the very end and playing a piano piece, a collab piece <laughs> would be really cool. So here's the hoping. Last but not least, I want to follow this up with the video game Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact recently had an announcement of their 2.4 release set for January the 5th. The new update will run for around 6 weeks and include 2 distinct character banners and a number of events spread out over its duration. Two of its new characters featuring Ice and Geo classes are Shenhu and Yonjin. Watching these characters in action or these ladies, really fascinating. Support characters, they kick ass. <laughs> I think they're really cool and I would love to pull for them. There's a bunch of information out there regarding Genshin Impact Livestream 2.4. You can read up on it, but the majority of what I wanted to announce were two new characters being released for that. Again, January the 5th, 2022 is when you will see them available. Before moving on, I want to talk a little bit about Genshin Impact because that's one video game that I rarely give any information because I'm rarely on it. There are times that I'll spend more than a few hours and actually grind what I can, but it's actually been a couple of months since I've touched. But going over my account, I was looking at it. I want to share real quickly. Some of the characters I do run with is Jean, who I have at level 48. Next one in my team I have is Rosadia at a level 41. I'm also running with a Pei Do at a level 45 and I do have Amber at 40. Other characters I do have in my roster are the following. 
official. Barbara, Sucrose, Aloy, Lisa, Diona, Noel, and a few other ones as well. I'm not that savvy and have unlocked nearly all the characters. There's still a bunch I don't have. But if any of you play Genshin Impact, you know it's just not about owning the characters because you need duplicates in order to unlock their abilities. And when I say duplicates, I'm talking about the constellations. Because when you have a duplicate of the same character, you unlock a special ability skill that is unique to that character. And usually they run between, or should I say, they run at least six different skills that add to your character's abilities and overall support or attack or defense or whatnot in your group. All right, so let's go ahead and bring this news portion to an end with two more pieces of information. I promise it will be over. But in my viewpoint, there's always a lot to share. I find a lot of interesting things with anime, movies, pop culture, video games that I'd like to share with you guys, my listeners. And I may have missed some stuff, and I hope you share back. Again, twitter.com, not another anime. Hit me up, retweet. I've seen that a lot of you had taken an interest to seeing my articles that I published. Well, not really articles, but small blurbs of stuff that I find. And I try to keep as active as possible now on there, sharing what I've come across, so that way it's not lost to the digital age. But enough rambling. First off, Star Wars fans. The Book of Bubba Fat just released Wednesday, Episode 1. Disclaimer, not spoiler review. I won't give anything away other than what we already know watching a Star Wars series. And I'm sorry if you've never seen Return of the Jedi, which happened decades ago. You're bad. But Bubba Fat, we had thought presumed dead, eaten by the Sarlacc pit. In this episode, we find out what actually happened once Luke and Han were freed from Jabba the Hutt's palace. In this version of the Book of Bubba Fat, Episode 1, we see Bubba Fat basically building his regime. I've heard that they're trying to focus on this series as Bubba Fat being like the Godfather, building his crew. What I watched and I seen, I'm very fascinated, and I will continue to watch. Jump Festa 2022, which occurred December 18th and 19th this year, had huge news for anime fans of all. Delivering in a huge way, I want to finish off our news segment, yes, I know it's running long, with the latest and upcoming, not another anime's disclaimer warning. Be advised, we cannot name every single occurrence from the festival, so we chose what tickled our fancies, but does not in any way limit you, the listener, from Google searching or using any search engine of your choice for Jump Festa 2022 for more details. So, let's begin, shall we? Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War, set to premiere October 2022 on TV Tokyo in Japan. Whereas Bleach follows the story of Ichigo Kurosaki. When Ichigo meets Rukia, he finds his life has changed forever. The series that spanned 15 seasons, yes you heard me correct, 15 seasons and 366 episodes, is a well-loved series that when I started watching anime, I think seeing how many seasons were already published, I felt I could only tackle one huge anime series. One Piece, I'm looking at you. <laughs> but after seeing the visual trailer for this, I would very much like to spend some time catching up with this series. I've looked over characters and whatnot and story arcs, and it looks really fascinating. There was good reviews on Crunchyroll.com for the series, and that's definitely got me interested. Also, please note, 
joining the original cast will be some from the Bleach Brave Souls game that is available on PC, Steam, Android, and iOS right now. Moving forward, Spy vs. Family. The opening panel segment for Jump Festa this year, we were introduced to a pretend, I do quotations with my fingers in the air, pretend family of spies trying to save the world, where identities are concealed even to one another. The mission, get married within a week and have a child. Let's meet the Forger family. Twilight, the spy, a.k.a. father. Yor, the assassin, a.k.a. the mother. And Anya, a telepath, also the pretend daughter. This series is set to debut in April of 2022 for spring anime season 2022 and will be split into a two-core split season. Now, the synopsis that I read online, the mission is known as Operation Strix consisting of putting together a family in one week in order to infiltrate social gatherings organized by the elite school that Desmond's son attends. Twilight takes on the identity of psychiatrist Lloyd Forger and starts looking for family members. But Anya, the daughter he adopts, turns out to have the ability to read people's mind, while his wife Yor is an assassin. With it being in each of their own interests to keep these facts hidden, they start living together while concealing their true identities from one another, as I originally stated. World peace is now in the hands of this brand new family as they embark on an adventure full of surprises. Going on, an interview was conducted with creator Tatsuki Fujimoto of Chainsaw Man. December 14th just finished on Weekly Shonen Jump, the first part actually. Digital Shonen Jump Plus service will be published in the second part. But for English readers, Viz Media Shonen Jump simul published this series while it's concurrently going on in Japan. If anything from the series sounds foreign, Viz provided a synopsis of the series. Denji's a poor young man who'll do anything for money, even hunting down devils with his pet devil dog, Pochita. He's a simple man with simple dreams, drowning under a mountain of debt. But his sad life gets turned upside down one day when he's betrayed by someone he trusts. Now, with the power of the devil inside of him, Denji's become a whole new man. Chainsaw Man. Small announcement. One Piece read the movie, took to the stage to showcase more on the plot and music character designs. Do note, the movie is slated to debut August 6, 2022 on a Saturday. Kentaro Yobuki's Ayakashi Triangle got an announcement that it will be receiving a TV anime adaptation. This mature fantasy manga series that can be read in the weekly Shonen Jump pages displayed on their Twitter page, a key visual for the series. I went ahead and translated it and it reads as following. Kazumaki, an exorcist ninja who makes a living by exercising demons that harm people, has been protecting her childhood friend Hanasoto, who is easily liked by these demons behind her back. The one who catches Hanasoto's eye is a demon called Shirugane, who looks like a cat but continues to reign supreme over the demons. This is the new world of Kentaro Yabuki of Tulavuru fame. The long-awaited anime adaptation of this Ayakashi romance fantasy is coming. Lastly, Platinum End, which was one of my picks for fall 2021 anime watching, will be receiving a new ED entitled Last Straw, which will be performed by Kusigoro Kai. Now fans, that ends the anime news. Let's go to what we've all been waiting for, was a review of our fall anime 2021. 
we finally hit the anime review section. I appreciate your patience on this journey. Many of you like to hear the news. Many of you like to hear the video games I play and talk about. But the anime is what we come for. So let's get this going. Before I start though, I want to give you all a measuring skill that I used. It was 1 out of 5. And I used cherry blossoms, which are sakuras. Which in Japan symbolized the transience of life. I thought they were appropriate. With 5 being the best, of course, the highest rating. And 1, of course, being the lowest. Now, these reviews will be spoiler-free, so no need to fret on hearing any topics or storylines that will take away from your own personal experience and enjoyment of the anime reviewed. Also, I have reviewed based on four key factors personal assessment, ranging from story, to animation, characters, music, but at the very end, I do follow up with an overall section that will allow me to sum up anything I missed or review my own views on the personal anime. With that ado, we're going to start off with Buddha Ore, the Pride of Orange. Hockey. When I hear the term, my mind immediately is filled with images of slapstick hockeys and hockey pucks flying through the air, sometimes into the crowd. This fights between an opposing member from each team, resulting in power plays for one team to have the advantage to score. In this anime from fall 2021, Found on Funimation and published by DMM Studios, we were introduced to Buddha Ore, Pride of Orange, a girls hockey team where we meet Manaka Misusawa, who convinces her sister and two other friends to go with her to participate in a free class with their city's, called Nico City, hockey team called the Dream Monkeys, their city's local professional team. When the four gather at the gymnasium where the class is held, they meet fellow two other female students from another school. As these six girls practice their hearts out, their fascination for the sport and competitive natures increase, molding them to play on a higher level. Wanting to experience the unique and exciting memories that ice hockey can offer, the girls gradually form a team that has the potential to reach the top while learning the intrinsic struggles of mental, emotional anguish, and what teamwork means. Story. I gave this one a 4.5 Sakuras. Even if you know nothing about the sport of hockey but love slice-of-life anime, which this one is, this series walks you through understanding on an elementary level the rules and intricacies of this sport. From the beginning, the girls' adventures, as they learn, grow, and mature to become better versions of themselves is prevalent in their struggles and training on the ice rink. I do give this 4.5 Sakuras only because the series has the potential to grow and expand one's better understanding of hockey and advanced training, learning from these girls. Mind you, a hockey team consists of 17 players, but in Pride of Orange, we are only introduced to the six girls. Yes, eventually we do briefly encounter the other players for the team, but for the audience watching, seeing only six girls can be misleading to the sport. Eventually the girls would tire out and get exhausted playing all three periods. <laughs> On top of that, Room to expand the viewer's understanding of hockey is a future endeavor I hope this series will see with more advanced terminology would be a marvelous addition to a second season for the show. I will see they definitely dropped the ball on an offside in the last episode while icing the puck. <laughs> Personal assessment. Animation. Out of five Sakuras, I gave this one a four. Animation in Pride of Orange is great. I have no gripes to illustration or the use of scenery within the city and schools to the hockey arena. 
unfortunately, my opinion, I think when we are in the ice rink and during hockey games, we do not receive more colorful and animated visuals. A few examples. Cheers from the crowd would not take away from background music versus the animation having to focus on a specific person or persons yelling and or cheering from the crowd. In my opinion, I think it would add more flair hearing the background noise of crowds cheering or people yelling certain words and not. Plus, it's my personal experience. One never sits still at a hockey game unless it's intermission between periods or you're ordering your food and drinks. Just saying. How about those hockey jerseys and gear equipment? Well, they're very simplistic and generic in color. Yes, we have the team's design and whatnot, but show us the wear and tear from the helmet gear. Elaborated uniforms. I did like usage of shavings of ice flying when on the fly. Quick pivotal stops were made by the girls. Characters. Out of five Sakuras, this one received my highest score of five. Yes, earlier I stated I wish to see more of the team in hockey terminology, but for a starting season... I personally believe DMM Studio did a stellar job of introducing us at a non-rushed pace for each of the six girls. Four friends we start off getting familiar and introduce, slowly adding two more to the cast and their personal stories. Each girl encompasses their own struggles, personalities, and stories that intertwine eventually towards the accomplishment of the group. Music. Well, I gave this one a 4.5 Sakuras. I thought... Very well implemented from the OP to hockey training and competitive matches that added flair and dynamic to this anime. Now, overall, in sports, there are defining moments, whether it be for the team, one player, or even the sport itself. The self-actualization of improving one's abilities and talents are a common theme in any sport. Pride of Orange actually takes the time to recognize each individual girl's contributions subtly as the first season drew to conclusion at episode 12. This slice of life anime can be enjoyed by fans of the genre with little to advanced background knowledge of hockey. If you doubt what I have shared, partake in a few episodes to evaluate yourself whether this anime could possibly be for you. I do not feel as if this anime was written, was written with one audience gender in mind. Each episode is craftily themed, thus giving you a feel for what's to be expected as you delve further into the season's series. I know I binged this 12-episode season in only three days. I say only because I would have liked to have just watched the entire season, but the holidays, you know how that goes, I had other priorities in mind. <laughs> I am looking forward to another season for this anime. Please, stay for the show at the end. Wink, wink. Yes, there is a post-credit scene, and I'll wrap up with the saying, the bonds of our hearts connect the puck. Next up for reviewing, Platinum End. God has decided to retire in 999 days. Thirteen different angels who God has specifically chosen are tasked with setting out to find 13 candidates who will take the role of God in this contest. If they are the winner with their accompanying angel living a quiet life by their side as their attendant. Platinum End, from the creators of Death Note, is a 24-episode anime season available to watch on Crunchyroll and Funimation by publisher Viz Media here in the States, and will return with the concluding 12 episodes in winter 2022. The anime is labeled as a dark fantasy supernatural thriller genre. We are introduced to our protagonist, 
Mirai Kekehashi, an orphaned high school teenager who becomes a participant for God Candidate, and his guardian angel, Nase. Kakehashi struggles with the notion of happiness, a concept learned from a younger age by his parents' influence, as it pertains to the contest. The real question, can Kakehashi survive the contest without killing any competitors? Story I gave this one of four Sakuras. Yes, as I stated, I was a bit conflicted on where the series would eventually lead us after experiencing annoyance and frustration with the protagonist, Kakehashi. <laughs> From the anime you learn, angels bestow special abilities to their candidates based on their rank. You have a special rank, a first rank, and second rank. Abilities that allow candidates to use Angel wings to fly that can outrun any color arrow. The ability to shoot a red arrow, which allows you to infect the person you hit, making them fall in love with you and doing anything you command them to do, but with a stipulation for lasting only 33 days and can never be reused on them again. Last ability, shooting a white arrow. The ultimate end all, causing death. The candidates range from a young girl to established and non-established adults. I started the series loving what the creators engrossed us in the storyline. After a few episodes, I became disenfranchised with the story arc as I felt the protagonist became too whiny, even annoying for not embracing the bigger picture of this contest and the world. As I made it to the end of part 1 episode 12, again no spoilers, so don't worry, I learned to embrace Kakahashi's decisions, separating my own personal feelings on what I would do but focusing on a young man trying to make sense in his own life the choices and consequences of his and others' actions. I personally feel the story could have used less of the indecision and non-confidence Kakahashi faces in a few episodes, which to me made the story drag for a bit. Animation This one received 4.5 sakuras from me. A beautiful mix, as some have called this anime, of the illustrations from the manga, Mixed with the animations for the season, emphasis on key moments are not without its lustrous attention to details, but also just normal daily activities for my characters are well rendered and gorgeous. Characters. This one received my highest rating of 5.0. Yes, you heard me correct because I feel in just season one of the series you are introduced to so many personalities, ideologies, and backgrounds of angels and candidates. Each are well done and give depth to the story arc in their own right, even if just for a moment of airtime to a few episodes. The notion that candidates are chosen by the angels on the basis that they have lost their reason to live or never found one to begin with sets the stage for the types of individual personalities they become, knowing the prize at the end of the contest. Music. This one also scored by top rating of five Sakuras. Bandmaids, theme, sense. A well-done OP that strikes with ambience and a thematic song you find in the likes of Lord of the Rings to the Matrix, building excitement and anticipation until the actual song from the band starts and gets you air-guitaring to the song in the air. <laughs> Throughout the episode, the anime does a spectacular job adding musical background to events, situations, and personal interactions. ED features Kofkoron by Yu Miyashita. As commented off AnimePlatinumN.com website, Miyashita takes the time to explain the usage of his music, which I loved hearing, and I share with you all now by quoting, Miyashita, I wanted to take the original work's mystery 
the transitions from despair to hope, the determination and strength deep in the protagonist's heart, and the kindness and bravery that everyone has within them, and put them into this song. And all this was foremost in my mind while I sang it. Sacred, but very strong, even through pain, willing to stand and face the present, the future, and the world itself. That's what the song is like. I took special effort in using different layering effects on the vocals so they will blend harmoniously together with the music and the lyrics. So if you took notice of that as you listen, it would make me very happy. Again, it's you, Miyashita. Overall, when first hearing about this episode involvement from the Death Note creators, I immediately got hyped and added this to my must-watch of fall 2021 animes. After watching a few episodes, I carried my hype waiting from week to week for the next episode, until I hit that decline on what I thought would be my discontinuing watching. Luckily, perseverance prevailed, and I kept pushing through the hard moments to the conclusion of the first season. The idea of God, whatever you wish to believe in your own personal lives, retiring and hosting a contest for his chosen 13 angels and their candidates to decide only one winner to replace? Insane! Be prepared to have your heartstrings pulled at with various encounters and situations that occur. More so, our protagonists and inner struggles definitely caused me to run up and down the spectrum of emotions. <laughs> Finally, for my last review, I wanted to say this one at the end, only because it has had a lot of mixed reviews, both negative and positive. I will definitely give everyone my opinion regarding this, but I'm talking about Talked Up Destiny. Imagine a world without music, sounds of singing, or orchestral notations most of us just easily click from our cell phones or inside the car. Imagine ignoring the rules of society and listening to this music, invoking attacks by monsters called D2s that are bent on destroying people, animals, nature itself. Monsters that appeared from onyx-looking black meteorite stones called Black Knight Siderite falling from the sky. Such is the setting for the story set in the year 2047, in a world with a Symphonica International Organization and special beings called Music Arts, powered from Harmonia Ore, an ore that is very reactionary to music, with conductors to protect and defend the cities and people. This anime is a music, science fiction, and action-packed series produced by studios MAPPA and Madhouse that is available to watch on Crunchyroll, with 12 episodes in its first season. Like a beautiful composition, Talk Up takes us, the viewer, through a harmonic melody full of ups, downs, and personal intrinsic struggles. We are thrust into the action from the first episode meeting Talked, a young man whose love for music is hindered by the D2s and loss of his father, formerly a well-known composer. Along with Talked are Cosetta, aka Destiny, and Anna. Two sisters that watch over and care for Talked as if he were one of their family. The idea of the younger generation, children, not knowing what a piano is to what music sounds like is an established theme from the onset. Talked Op Destiny incorporates music with various classical pieces from none other than a legendary piano player Ludwig van Beethoven. Starting the watcher off with Symphony No. 5 in C minor, Opus 67. As the adventure begins, we follow along with this motley crew as they make their way towards New York, specifically the New York Symphonica where music arts and conductors are based out of. Story. I gave this, yes, four Sakuras. 
We learn further about these mysterious music arts through various interactions and seeing the protagonist talked have his own personal experiences. Music arts, we learn, are anti-D2 weapons and can't be harmed by conventional modern weapons. They are required to go through a rigorous training. Talk learns firsthand the effects of having a music art, which plays with his physical body, but manages the best he can so he can fight off D2s and help his music art maintain fighting form. From start to finish, I loved this series, which I figured I might from seeing it posted from the fall 2021 anime lineup. Music, I still hold dear to my heart from classical to EDM trance and beyond. You may feel a little confused at first when you start watching the first episode, with action and music thrown right at you. Fear not, the episodes precede the story right along, giving enough background and context clues that you now understand why it is important to reach the New York Symphonica. Along the way, we meet other characters, good and bad, as well as the music arts, which give a broadening sense for the diverse abilities and personalities. Unfortunately, I wasn't too thrilled when it came to how the series concluded. Yes, I know, a gotcha game was set up to precede the conclusion of the season. Animation. Yes, this received the top for me, five Sakuras. Very detailed, breathtaking scenery, the studio wasted no efforts in giving us a visual masterpiece. Character designs are well animated that flow with the style and location used. The opening graphic title in itself is a tribute to musical connotation. Talk, referencing from music, a beat, pulse, to the small font inscription written in German, but translated, from the heart may it return to the heart. A reference to Misa Solemnis in D major, opus 123, composed by none other than Beethoven. And finally, to usage of op. OP, or opus, representing the work number that is assigned to a musical composition. The word is abbreviated as OP for a single work. I digress, but I cannot not comment on the time and effort put forth with this crafty and symbolic title graphic. Characters. Fortunately, this one fell a little flat for me. I gave it a 3.5 Sakuras. Personally, I feel Talked was our main protagonist, regardless of having a music arc by his side. This reviewer's opinion me. We need good supporting characters in order to flush out at times the true identity of a, of a protagonist as they reach their own level, level of self-actualization. With only 12 episodes, the people we meet along the way add their own interweaving stories to our protagonists, lifting the veil to the overall picture of the world's dilemma and any personal agendas. I would have loved to learn more about certain open-ended instances talked about, but whether we will see a season 2 beyond a mobile game upcoming is to be determined. Music. I'm going to have to say this one outscored my own rating. I gave it 6 Sakuras. And yeah, that is speaking super highly. And here's why. The OP, named Talked, is performed by musician and songwriter Yule from Supercell, a Japanese pop band, beginning beautifully with playful notes until the main title appears and we are entranced with a small composition, leading into heavier instruments and then awesome vocals. The ED offers a comforting wrap-up for each episode, regardless of what we have watched, bringing you, the viewer, myself included, back to a very calming tranquility in my opinion. Symphonia by Mika Nakashima. Overall, I, me, myself, not reflecting the views of not another anime, but chivalrous. I personally love this anime from start to finish. Yes, 
I wish there was more storyline and background revolving around other music arts that we briefly see towards the end of the season. I felt the ending was a bit rushed, not giving proper time for the antagonists to reach their full arc. Yes, I understand that now that the season has concluded, a mobile game, Tacked Up Fate, will continue the story, allowing gamers to meet and play with other music arts, which I'm very hyped for. But I saved reviewing this anime for last because of the disdain many have reviewed this anime for. So what if the studio is now successful with the gacha game preceding the anime? Kudos to them. Others state, there is a lack of character development. Wait, what? Did we watch the same anime? What exactly did you expect talk to become? Plus, I love classical music and playing the piano. The use of pieces in this anime and its impact on this world versus the studio using modern rock music or other things was clever. It's definitely a great introduction for any person not familiar or exposed to the classical genius of Beethoven. Those damn collabs, I tell you. <laughs> I preface my questions are rhetorical, as I don't expect any answer from any reviewer, nor do I want one. We all like what we like, thus we have the freedom for choice to picking, choosing, and enjoying what anime we like and love. The world would be a very boring place if everyone shared all the same tastes, interests, and such. So I say thank you for your differing opinions out there. Makes me value my own ideals and discerning tastes away from the mainstream. And that, fam, is the conclusion of the anime review, as well as the last episode for Not Another Anime, the podcast. But before I go, I want to give a shout out to our link tree, Not Another Anime, where you can find all our links to our Twitter, twitch.tv, YouTube, as well as contact information at Gmail. But without further ado, I want to wish each and every one of you a very happy, safe new year. For a fresh start to new beginnings and an outward look towards what 2022 can bring to us. It has definitely been an adventure since we started this show in late August of this year. But I'm definitely looking forward to the new year and everything it can bring. Please, please, please don't forget our sponsor, Lone Star Asterisk Collectibles on eBay.com. And give them a shout out if you're interested in any products it might sell for 10% off. That code was provided earlier in this podcast. To everyone listening, thank you for joining me, Chivalrous, for the ride. I look forward to talking with you again soon in 2022. Happy New Year's, be safe, and much peace to you. Adieu.